Well, welcome folks to tonight's session. Tonight I'm going to be ministering on the seven anointings. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4. And I want us to pick it up here at verse 18. Now I want you to have a look at this thing because it's very, very important that we see the anointing that Jesus Christ carried. What is His mandate when He came to the earth and what is the thing that God had called Him for and what is He meant to do? So let's have a look. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now I want us to have a look at that, because if you have a look at those... Um, those verses, you will see that Jesus Christ was particularly anointed for certain elements and certain aspects. Okay? Now, why would I want to go through the seven anointings with you? Because it's very important that you understand what they are and how they operate. Because you will see that in a church service, that things will start shifting. Things will change. How many times have you been in a church service and suddenly you feel like the atmosphere will change? Or something changes in the church service. Now the reason for that is, is because there is a new anointing or one of the others are starting to flow in this church service. So I'm going to go through the seven anointings tonight. I'm going to tell you what they are for and why they function. Okay? And it's going to help a lot because a lot of people do not even understand that there are seven different anointings. And some people do not know how to identify them or when they are operating at the time and what they can expect when that particular flow starts operating. So that's why if you'll sit down and you know uh, my ministry well enough, you'll know that very often I'll sit down and I'll change gears in the middle of the meeting. Out of the seven anointings, I operate very strongly out of the five of the seven. Okay, we're busy working on number six because that's like a halfway measure. And then number seven I really haven't got yet. I won't tell you which one I don't have. But the thing is, out of these, some ministries can operate out of one or two or three. Okay, I'm striving and trusting God that I can get to the place where I operate out of all of them. So let's have a look at some of these, what they are, and then I'm going to go into detail. I'm just going to list them quickly and I'm going to go through them in detail with you. Number one is a preaching anointing. Number two is a teaching anointing. Number three is a healing anointing. Number four is a deliverance anointing. Number five is a prophetic revelation anointing. Number six is a worship anointing. And number seven is a prosperity anointing. Okay? So those are the seven anointings that you get that are listed in the Word of God. So let's have a look and see what is this all about. What are the seven anointings that you get operating? And I need you to know that it is important for you to know these anointings because you are going to demand from these anointings for certain things in your life. So if you know that a certain ministry has a certain anointing or a certain gifting operating, then you need to go there because you need to draw from that particular anointing to get that need met, whatever it may be. So let's have a look at the first one. The first one is a preaching anointing. Now what does a preaching anointing do? Jesus Christ says He's come to preach to the poor. 
Okay? What does a preaching anointing do? A preaching anointing comes to stir your heart, to come and give you a hope, to come and tell you that, listen, God is in control. How many times have you been in a place where you felt hopeless or helpless? Anybody? Where you feel like, listen, I'm just not going to make it. Okay? I just feel like I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I just feel totally despondent. And you feel like you're just not going to get there. Then all of a sudden, somebody comes and they start preaching the Word. Now, what does it mean to preach the Word? They take a scripture or three, and it's not a whole lot of scripture. They might just take one or two verses and start preaching that Word over your life, over and over. And all of a sudden, you start seeing a stirring in your spirit and in your life. It stirs you up to want to serve God again. It stirs you up to break that spirit of heaviness off your life. It stirs you up to give you a hope again. To sit down and say, well God, your word is true. I'm excited again about Christianity. Now sometimes, you know, preachers can really get excited. That's why we call them preachers, because they preach the word. You know, and Paul says, listen, how would somebody know unless a preacher be sent? You know, how would you be sent unless he is sent from people? So I'll tell you right now that Paul even sits down and he puts a lot of emphasis on to preaching. Preach the word. Do not preach opinion. And this is something that we need to understand. When we sit down and we go into the, the latest style of church, where we're becoming seeker sensitive we were sitting down and saying well we don't want to offend anybody we want everybody to feel good that's not preaching anointing okay that is compromise that is from the devil Okay, God does not want us to be seeker sensitive. He wants us to preach the real word of God because the real word of God is the only thing that's going to set you free Okay, the Word is there to set you free. The Word of God is the sword. And sometimes when you come, and the Word comes into your heart, sometimes it's going to feel like you are bleeding. So don't always think that when somebody preaches the Word, it's always nice and comfortable. There are going to be times when you're going to sit down and not be comfortable. Why? Because the Bible is very clear that the Word of God is there to liberate you and to set you free. But in order to do that, you have to sometimes go through an operation. And so we are not here to tickle your ear and to make you feel good. We are here to set you free and make you grow up. Amen. So, I am not in a place where now preach the word, I'm not here to make it comfortable for you, I'm here to set you free. I'm here to bring the word, so that the word, the Bible says, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. So, when I come and I come under a preaching anointing, I come and I'll preach and I'll get it all excited, and I'll get you stirred up, because you want to serve a living God. So that is what a lot of preachers are busy with. The second one is a teaching anointing. What does a teaching one do? Okay, the preaching anointing stirs up your heart. But a teaching anointing will fill your heart. Now why do I need to have a teaching anointing operating in my life? Well, you need to learn something. You need to know what the Bible says. How many times have you been in a situation and you don't know what to do next? Come on, ever been there? I don't know where to go or what to do. Well, let me tell you something. If you had had a spiritual teacher teach you biblical principles, you'll know which biblical principle to apply to get you out of that mess. 
You see, there's a lot of people who have got some little bit of the Bible and they're trying their best, but they're not getting anywhere. Why? Because they have a lack of knowledge. See, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Not just secular knowledge, word knowledge. So there's a lot of things that you need to know how to do, and that is done via the teaching anointing. Okay? Now that's one of the anointings that you 99% of the time are going to get if you hang around me. Alright? I will teach you. I will bring the truth of God into your life. I will give you tools because you need to know the truth in order for you to be made free. But a lot of us don't know the truth. A lot of us have not been exposed to a lot of the truth and therefore we operate and walk around with a lot of baggage and bondages that we should never be doing as Christians. And we settle for that. So I want to challenge us today. Get under good teaching. There's a lot of people who sit down and go, listen, the teacher season's over. Let me tell you something that is the most ungodly statement that there is. Alright? You need to get into the Word so that you can know the Word, so that you can be set free, and you know which principle to apply in every situation. In other words, if I end up in a situation, what is the biblical answer for this thing? How do I get the situation changed? How do I get myself healed, for instance? You see, let me give you an example of one. If I did not teach you to say, you never ask God for a healing, most of us would have asked God for a healing. Come on, let's be honest. We got taught that. You know, if you're sick, you ask God to heal you. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you ever ask God to heal you. It says... You lay hands on the sick and you command the sick to be healed. God has given that authority to you as a believer. So in other words, if you never command and rebuke that sickness, that person will never get healed. Now there's a simple thing that is hugely misused. And it is a real problem because a lot of people are not getting the healing because they're praying wrong. And yet God is saying, the word is very clear. Now this is one instance. There are so many things where we don't know the word, and therefore we don't have the answer for the principle that we need when there's a problem. Okay, so that's what a teacher does. A teacher comes and he folds your heart with the word of God, so that you know what to use when you need it. What principle to apply when you need it. And so we all need to have that in our lives. Number three is a healing anointing. Now, a healing anointing will not drive away demons, it will only drive away sickness. Alright, now if there's a demon that's connected to that sickness, it will drive that out as well. But let me tell you something, you need a healing anointing when you are sick. Come on. Alright, but I want to challenge us. We do not need to sit down and just push for a healing anointing. We need to get to a place where we never get sick. Why do I need a healing anointing? Very simply, it's because my health has been stolen. The Bible says that the thief comes, John 10.10, except to kill, steal, and to destroy. So if you get sick, your health has been stolen from you. But if you get to the place and you haven't got enough faith or haven't developed your word enough inside of you that you don't get sick, and if you do get sick, you need a healing. You need to go and restore that that the devil has stolen from you. So you need a healing anointing to flow in your life. 
And so this is where you sit down and you'll see that some people have a tremendous healing gift flowing. Why do they have such a strong healing gift flowing? Is because they've desired it and they've practiced it. You see, you do not have these anointings flowing unless you are practicing it. God does not increase anything that you're not using. Write that down. God never increases anything that you don't use. So if you've got a gift of prophecy, you must be practicing it. If you've got a gift of healing, you must be practicing it. Whatever your gift, if you're a teacher, you must be practicing it. You see what happens in my case, very often I'll sit down and say, listen, I need a place to minister. And sometimes I almost have to create a place to minister. Why? Because I have to practice the gift. I have to practice what God has given me so that I can keep it flowing and get it stronger in my life. Okay, so there's very often times where you actually have to make a plan to sit down and practice that gift. And so what I really enjoy, I mean if we sit down and take a few guys in in this group right now, and you'll see that they practice their gift. If there's nobody sick, guess what they do? They go to the hospitals. It's a great place to practice. There are sick people there. And so you practice your gift, but then when you find out what the testimonies are, there's some miraculous testimonies that are taking place there. So, you know, you sit down and you can joke about this and say, listen, we've never raised somebody from the dead, but how many of us are practicing to raise somebody from the dead? Who's actually going to the morgue and saying, let's go pray for people? You understand? I know that we've done that already, okay, and we had to go and pray in the morgue. But let me tell you something, I'm not scared to do that because I am developing my faith. I'm trying. If I have somebody raised from the dead, you guys are going to go, oh wow. But let me tell you something, you won't have somebody raised from the dead because you haven't even tried. You see, at least we are trying and we're putting our faith out there. I'm telling you right now, we are going to get this thing right where we start operating on those levels. And so, this is what a healing anointing does. It comes and restores the health that Satan has stolen. Okay? It comes and restores it. Now, I want to tell you right now that every believer, the Bible says that every believer should be laying hands on the sick. This is one anointing that should be across the board. And everybody should be operating in it. But you know what we've done? We have not pushed in. And one of the main reasons why we haven't pushed in is because we have accommodated medicine too much. We have accommodated medicine too easily. If you go and look at the biggest evangelists in the world, and this is very interesting to see what the stats are showing us, and they've all said the same thing. We're talking about the big evangelists that have got very big healing ministries. And they have said, what they did was, they came to Africa and they started with this thing, and they were having major impact meetings in Africa, and they decided, well, we come from the States, we come from you know, uh, foreign countries, we've got a strong currency, so let's build hospitals to help. The minute they built hospitals, it moved the people's focus from trusting God to trusting the doctor. And guess what? The miracles crashed. Now I want to tell you right now, in South Africa, it's even worse. Because not only do we have a hospital, we've got some good hospitals. And in fact, when you go down there, it's almost like a hotel. You know, I mean, now you've got nice lounge suites and nice stuff there, and it's all comfortable. So it's nice to go to doctors. So I'm telling you right now, that we are accommodating medicine far too easy. And what is it doing? It is limiting us from believing God to raise somebody that is sick. To really reverse the curse that is over their life that has been stolen from them.
So I want to challenge us, do not settle for not letting this thing operate in your life. Every one of us, this is one of the anointings that God expects all of us to operate in. Okay, so we need to contend for that and say, God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that I'm going to keep practicing this anointing and gifting in my life. Right, the next one, number four, is the deliverance anointing. This is the roaring anointing that comes to set people free. This is the one where Jesus Christ came and He drove out demons all over the place. This is where you come and you set the people free. It comes almost as a demonstration of power against power. Light against dark. And I'm telling you right now, it's the most exciting one to see people's lives being changed, especially those that have been bound by darkness for so long. I mean, you can sit there and you can physically see the people's countenance and faces change when Jesus Christ sets them free. It is the most awesome thing when you come into a situation to drive out every demonic spirit or influence over that person's life and to get them to the place of total freedom. I'll tell you what, we've had a lot of dealings with Satanists and people in the occult and stuff. I'm telling you, it is such an awesome thing to see how somebody who is so demonized gets set free and that the entire countenance changes. It is one of the most awesome things to see. So I want to challenge us today, alright, if you need a deliverance anointing, and it's not a ministry, it is an anointing that comes to set people free. And so we need to be able to operate in that thing. If you find somebody who is bound, as much as the Bible says that you must operate in healing, the Bible says that every believer should be in deliverance. In my name you shall cast out devils. Just like Jesus did. So now the question is this. How many Christians are casting out devils? How many Christians have even tried to cast out a devil? Or how many Christians run away when the devil comes? You see, my problem is this. Is most of the church is so shallow that when the devil rocks up, they run for the hills. I'm not looking for a bunch of Christians to do that. I'm looking for a bunch of Christians to say, Listen, this is my pea patch and I'm going to defend it. I'm going to fight for this, and I'm not going to let the devil near this ground. And so that is what a deliverance anointing does. A deliverance anointing comes, and it sets people free. It liberates them from the stronghold that the devil has had in their life. So this is interesting if you take just these four alone, and you'll see that in the meeting, sometimes there'll be a wave of healing coming into the meeting. Sometimes there'll be a wave of deliverance coming in. Sometimes there'll be a wave of teaching, or a wave of preaching coming through. So these are the different anointings that will start flowing in a church service, if we allow them to flow. Okay? Number five is the prophetic revelation anointing. Alright? This is when you read the Bible and you understand it. Where there is a revelation gift flowing that where you really understand it. Now, in the revelation or prophetic anointing, this is where somebody teaches you stuff that you've never heard before. Yeah, it's like many times people have said to me, Listen, Arthur, do you read a different Bible to us? Because what you're telling us and what we read are like two different things. Well, let me tell you where that comes from. It comes from that revelational anointing. And not just the teaching anointing, it's deeper than that. Alright? A teacher can take the facts and give it to you. 
But a revelational anointing comes and it gives you a revelation in the word that you've never seen before. It gives you a revelation and an insight into the prophetic timing of something. In other words, you could take a, a scripture and out of that thing you could say, look, this is the season that we're in right now. This is the prophetic voice or this is the prophetic word of the Lord right now. And it's not just the straight standard scripture that you're reading. And so this is very important that we get this. Because God wants to equip the church. He wants to tell us what's happening. He wants to tell us of things that are coming. And we need to be aware, because the Bible says that we need to read the signs and the times and the seasons to know what is happening. So right now, I believe with all my heart that God is bringing us to a place where we are going to see more revelational gifts flowing. We are going to see more of this particular anointing flowing because we need the prophetic voice out there. We need the revelational gifting out there so that we can get an insight into the word to know what God is busy doing in this season. Because God has said that he will not do anything unless he reveals it to the prophets first. So everything that is happening on this earth, we should know the time and the season in which we are operating in. And an insight into the word that we've never had. Why would God give us such an insight into the word? Simply so that we could grow up quickly. There is a quick work starting to happen right now. I'm starting to see it in the younger generation. Where they sit down and say, listen, we don't want to learn the long way around. Just give us the quick stuff. Tell us what God's saying and we'll go and do it. I'm finding it in the youngest generation where they'll sit down and say, if you show us, we'll go do it. We won't think about it, we'll just go do it. But when they get the word, it is not a religious thing added to it. It is a revelational word. It is a prophetic word. It is a cutting thing that carries weight and it carries power. And so when they start using it, they start seeing results straight away. So I want to tell you right now that this is a very exciting um, anointing that is really starting to come in a forefront in the body of Christ and in the church. For a long time, this one had been dormant for a while. And I've not seen it operating very strongly. All of a sudden, I remember that in the 80s, man, the revelational word that was going out over the body of Christ was phenomenal. I mean, I physically couldn't keep up with all of the revelation that was coming out. It went dormant for a long time. But I'm seeing that it's really starting to kickstart again. And we're coming into a season where we are genuinely starting to move with all of these anointings coming into its fullness right now. In Jesus' name. Number six is the worship anointing. It connects us to praise and worshiping God and praising God. You know, like we start in every service, we sit down and we worship God and we have music and that. It's very, very important that we understand that this anointing is there to break bondages. It says, put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. When we sit down and praise, we are already doing spiritual warfare over the people and in the congregation. We are breaking stuff off. I want to tell you right now, when the true worship start worshipping in spirit and in truth, we are going to see a breakthrough and a total revival. I want to start getting to the place where we don't even lay hands on the sick because people are healed because of their worship anointing in the house. And I don't just mean the band or the worship leader. I'm talking about every single person comes in there with such a heart after God that we sit down and we pull heaven down and we see miracles taking place without anybody ever saying anything. 
You know, this is why I really enjoy going to some of these, um, these evangelical meetings where there is like a Benny Hinn meeting or somebody, where people have such an expectation and such a hunger that you actually see people climb out of wheelchairs without anybody praying for them. It's actually quite phenomenal where you see miracles happening and nobody's even there. Why? Because they come with this expectation and a hunger. Can you imagine if the body of Christ came with an expectation every time we get together to worship to see the glory of God manifested in that house? Let me tell you something. We are going to see miracles that we have never seen before. I am trusting God for creative miracles where people who cannot walk suddenly walk. People who don't have limbs suddenly get limbs. You know, we are the only religion that has worship as part of their culture. Did you know that? We're the only religion that sits down and has instruments as part of their they worship. In, in their ceremony, or whatever they call it, their meetings. So I want to tell you right now, it is critical, and Satan is doing everything he can to minimize that. He is trying his best. Why? Because he was the worship leader in heaven. And so he's trying everything to walk that, to stop people from genuinely entering into the true worship. I want to tell you something, when the anointing of God hits a place, and we in united worship, the Bible says that God himself inhabits the praises of his people. God himself rocks up there and God starts doing the work in amongst his people. I want to tell you right now, that is an awesome anointing to see operating. So, we're sitting down with six of them. We've got the preaching anointing, we've got the teaching anointing, we've got the healing anointing, we've got the deliverance anointing, we've got the prophetic revelation anointing, the worship anointing. And number seven, this is the one that I really want to see, and it's going to take us a bit of time because we have been taught so wrong about this. Number seven is the prosperity anointing. Did you know that the Bible speaks about a prosperity anointing? Okay? Just go back to Luke chapter 4 verse 19. It says this, Jesus preaches this. He says, I am anointed. And he goes through all of the different anointings. And the last one he says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? The acceptable year of the Lord was the year of Jubilee. It was the 50th year. It was the year when anything that had been lost got restored to the family who lost it. Jesus Christ says, listen, I have come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Because of me, you can have wealth. I'm telling you, it is something that is bugging a lot of uh, theologians and people because the religious folk don't want you to have wealth. And they don't want businessmen to prosper. Why? Because they sit down and they think it's arrogant. Or they sit down and say, well, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money can't do anything. It's the love of money that's the issue. If I love God with all my heart, money is just a tool. So I want you to know right now that there is a prosperity anointing that's going to be loosed on the church that I have not yet seen. How do I know that? Because God has made a promise... Okay, in Deuteronomy chapter 28 it says, You will lend to many nations. Did you know that if you are born again, you are connected to that same promise? The Bible says that you are connected to Abraham's seed, and therefore you are connected to the promise. So I want to ask you, are you lending to nations? Not yet. But we need to understand that God wants to release that anointing into the body of Christ. Why is it not being released? Because it hasn't been taught. 
It hasn't been taught that you're going to start getting a hunger for that thing. You see, if something gets taught, you're going to start getting a hunger for it. You're going to know this is a truth. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says that Jesus Christ became poor so that you can become rich. I'm telling you right now, every single Christian should be rich. Every one of us. And let me tell you something, this thing of a poverty mentality is a lie from the pit of hell. You know, this thing is not God, it is a curse. God wants us rich. If you are not rich, you have not accepted the full gospel of Jesus Christ in your life. Okay, so I want you to know that this prosperity anointing is critical. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. God wants to give you power to get wealth. What is that? You are anointed supernaturally to make money. To get wealth into your hands. So God says, listen, there is a way that you can be wealthy because I am going to anoint you to become wealthy. In Deuteronomy 28.12, it says, The Lord will open to you good treasures of heaven to give you rain in your land in a season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations and shall not borrow. Okay? If you are borrowing even from the local bank for a bond or any form of debt, you are not lending to many nations, I can promise you. You see, we have been taught to think small. We have been taught to be limited. We have been taught to sit down and go, well, look at the natural. Look at the natural means. Well, God's saying, I don't want you to be there. I want you to be wealthy and rich. Why must you be rich? So that the world will look at you. Let me explain, and I'm going to teach this on another occasion. Why would the world, why do you have to be rich in God's kingdom? Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says that the Lord has instructed the wicked to go and collect wealth. That's their job. That's why, have you ever seen guys, all they're worried about is making money? Have you ever met anybody like that in your life? If they're not born again, all they're worried about is getting money. Do you know what? God has instructed them to do that without them even knowing it. So how are they going to relate to you? They're going to relate to you in the way that they see success. How do they see success? Money, status, car, house. Come on, they're going to look at you and they go, yes, this guy's successful. Let me give you an example. If I had to bring a very big billionaire in here, and the place was not packed with unsafe people, if he spoke, they would listen. Why? Because he's got a Ferrari outside. You see? Why would they listen to him? Because that's the framework of success. God wants us prosperous so that they, the world will look at you and go, I want what you've got. Then you say, I'm going to teach you. Accept Jesus Christ. Okay? So I want you to understand that this is where we're going. Men will respond to you because of that anointing. Men are going to listen to you. There's a scripture that says that there was a poor wise man who saved an entire city. And nobody remembered him because he was poor. And even though he saved the entire city. But let it be a wealthy oak and everybody knows his name. Joseph had this anointing. The anointing to prosper and to promote, uh, to be promoted in the same anointing. In other words, to prosper and to be promoted is the same anointing operating. It's called a prosperity anointing. Wherever they put Joseph, he ended up on top. 
Guy was important for us, he became the top. He was in jail, he ended up on the top. He ends up being the Prime Minister of the whole um, country. So I want you to know that if that anointing is operating in your life, whatever happens to you, you are blessed. You are going to prosper. Now we have to start tapping into that, folks, and saying, God, according to your word, your word says that you became poor so that I can become rich. The same anointing came on the Hebrews when they went out of the Egyptian homes. Remember when Moses said to them, go and fetch the jewelry. They went there and they took every piece of jewelry that they could find. And this is the strange thing. Not one home said you can't have it. If you came to, to my house and you said, okay, sorry, I've just come to fetch all the gold and the jewelry and everything you got. I'm telling you now, I'll say no. Come on. Would you say yes? Come and help yourself. Come take whatever you want. No. And yet, the Bible says when the Jews went to the Egyptians, not one person said no. Why? Because there was an anointing for prosperity and they were transferring that wealth. In fact, the Bible says that they had so much wealth, that when the church asked, when Moses said, we're going to build the tabernacle, bring us some of the gold, eventually he said to them, please, Aaron says, don't bring us any more, we've got enough. How would you like to be so prosperous that when the church asks for money, the church says, please don't give us any more, we've got too much. Come on, that is God's prosperity on His people. And Solomon also understood this. Because it says that they brought him gold by the shipload. The Bible doesn't say that he bought it. It was brought to him. His servants went and just went to go get the gold. Now, what had caused Solomon to have, to have such favor? What caused Solomon to have such favor? It was this anointing of prosperity that people were just giving to him. In fact... I went down to his gold mines when I was in Israel. It's very interesting to see. He created his own smeltery out of cliffs. He took the cliffs of, of the mountains and it created a funnel and a natural wind tunnel. And he used that to heat up the gold so much that it actually purified the gold. Very wise, clever old man. And so here we see that he carried an anointing for prosperity. I want to tell you right now, right through the Bible, you will see that there is an anointing for prosperity, except when we come to today's society, we say Christians must be poor. I want to tell you right now, we should be on the top 100 richest, wealthiest people in the world. And the reason for that is because the devil's been lying to us. So I want to challenge us today. Do not settle for second best. There are seven anointings that should be operating. And I just want to close with this. If you have the prosperity anointing, this is often the business guys. They are the ones that are not always comfortable in church. Now I want to help guys here because this is something that often goes wrong. They are the ones that in the middle of worship, they are not getting some spiritual tongue for somebody, or they are not getting a vision for somebody, all they are getting is an answer for their work. They are getting a creative idea on how to solve a problem, or a new creation, a creative idea on what to do in business. You see, their prosperity, their gifting is for them to go and make money. So when they come into God's presence, all they are seeing is how do I make money. 
So I want to just help the businessmen who are listening to this and say, listen, don't get guilty or feel guilty when you're suddenly under the anointing and you're getting creative ideas. God intended that to happen like that. God has created you like that. And if you sit down, and especially, and I find this very often, that the businessman has just almost looks like he's worldly compared to his wife or spouse who is so spiritual and all she wants to do is go to every prayer meeting and all he wants to do is go make money. And then he gets felt or made to feel that he's not spiritual because he's not always in the prayer meetings or he's not every Bible study. Well, he's not called to do that. He's called to be in the world to go get the wealth. And when he's out there, God speaks to him and he clearly gives him instruction what to do. I want to just take that pressure off the businessman and say, guys, you are not totally unsaved, ungodly. God has created you like that. And I want to challenge the spouses. If you've got a businessman, excuse me, a husband that is like this, Give him a break. Okay? Because he's not meant to be like you. He's not meant to be sitting studying the Bible for 24-7. He's meant to be out there making money and hearing God to do it. So, let's just recap. The seven anointings operate. And they operate differently at different times. And I want to tell you right now, in a church service or in a meeting, you'll see that two or three or four of them, whatever it is, start operating. But if you understand these seven anointings, and I want you to go listen to this over and over so you get it in your spirit, we need these seven anointings to operate in our lives. There's times when you need a breakthrough of deliverance, and you need that thing broken off. There are times when you need a healing. There are times when you really need to learn something new. You need to know the revelational prophetic word. What is God saying for now? What is the prophetic word over my destiny, over my future? What's my next step? You know, we need to know these different things. But you don't always need to know them. I can't have 50 prophetic words of what God wants me to do and I do nothing. Do you understand? You need one and then you've got some work to do. Or you need to get a truth and you need to go and apply it. Or you need to, you know, if you're really low, you need to get a good sermon so that it could stir you up again so that you can serve God like you were. And not lose your first love. So there's a lot of things that we need. I want to tell you right now, we need a balance. We need all of these. So if you know somebody who operates excessively in one of these, and they come to town, then go and get that anointing from them. Go and get that gifting. If you know somebody like Benny Hing or somebody comes with this incredible healing thing, then go and get that healing anointing and see the miracles and enjoy it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Alright? But just know that there are different giftings, different anointings. And we need all seven for us to grow up. The object and the purpose for these anointings is for us to grow up and to fulfill the assignment that God has given us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are busy working in each one of our lives in Jesus' name. 
And Lord, I just pray right now that as we take these seven anointings, Lord, that there is not one more important than the other. And Lord, I thank you that as Jesus was anointed to fulfill these, Lord, I thank you, so are we. And Lord, I pray right now that we will tap into these seven anointings and have them influence our lives. Lord, have them come and shape us, to come and change us, to come and inspire us, to grow us up, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for every single person at the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that we will not settle for second best, but Lord, that we will push in with you and genuinely see the victory in every situation. And we thank you for this right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, folks, for listening to today's message. I trust that you are blessed by it. If you would like to receive these message links directly to your phone, please WhatsApp me on my direct number, 082-659-2224, or if you have any questions that I might be able to help you with. And remember that we've got many, many other resources available for you. So please have a look at our website, www.fathersheart.co.za. Also, subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's word as he reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.